0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki and you listen listening to the Mavs Step Back podcast.
1: Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty. Luka carrying a torch, Border jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving, that's the palace, young team, and it's full of talent, won revenge, we accept the challenge, Luka carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really, really ain't that hard to see, hold on wait, silence the critics cause they never did it, Pass out Jordan I ain't woke up the city, map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney, go back to Batman I'm calling them Drizzy, both triple doubles I'm waiting on 50, step back smoother you know it's so filthy, if I get down on my team gonna lift me, Rap the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Wrap the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for
2: a minute. All right, guys, we're going to get started here. Uh, it's just me tonight. Matt's not joining this one. So this is just a, just a post-game event session. So uh, anyone who wants to speak, just send the request. I'll get you up here. Uh, we'll do it, you know, kind of how like we've done in the past. I'm going to go ahead and bring people up and uh, just put it on mute until until it's your turn and that way it, you know, it goes orderly and everything sounds good and all that. So, <clears throat> all right, here we go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. I'm your host, Alton Trigg. And the Mavs, they went into game six, up 3-2. Uh, it was a very disappointing uh 104. 97 loss though Kawhi Leonard was just incredible the entire game uh he scored 45 of the um of the Clippers 104 points uh according to Elias Sports he was the fourth player in NBA postseason history to have 45 points and shoot 70 percent uh when facing elimination which is I mean nobody's shocked by that Kawhi is incredible uh what I was disappointed with, you know, Luca, he finished with 29 points, but, you know, some of those were just gimmies at the end there. He just – it kind of annoyed me that he took the 37 field goal attempts in the last game to heart. You know, he, uh, he really took it to heart. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been in this game. And, you know, that was the difference. Kawhi, he took it upon himself to go out there and uh, not be eliminated. And he took the brunt of the offensive uh, load on himself and Luca, he was just passive. And I mean, given his teammates had some very, very good looks in the uh, the, towards the end of the game and they just, they just couldn't hit him. So uh, I wanted more aggression from Luca, even though he hadn't been shooting the ball great throughout the course of the game, I really wanted to see him be more aggressive, you know, take an, take an open layup instead of kicking it out to Kleba, who was just abysmal tonight. Uh, but anyway, let's start our venting session. Christian, <laughs> how's it going, man? Man, I am
3: so disappointed. Um, it's it's almost not even anger at this point, you know, anger during right. the game. Um, I think game three, I was probably a bit more disappointed just because, you know, starting out the way that we did in game three and you know it's it's the same story though. We sat Luca in game three, and then look what happens. Then look at, you know, this game, right? And we sit Luca. The same thing kind of happens, and, you know, even when we brought him back, we were already down when um, he got back in the game, and it was clear uh, that no one else can really step up. And there were so many things, like I thought the officiating was awful. I mean, I oh, think for Beaubon, for, for Bobon to get a foul, I literally think it's going to have to take him to get injured which is just ridiculous.
2: Like, they get away with just so much. My God. Well, the, um, the thing the thing that I have a problem with, with it, and to be clear, I mean, the Mavs, even with the bad officiating, that's not the... I'm not going to blame the officiating for this loss. It was really just the Mavs. They threw away too many possessions. Yeah. Even if it wasn't a turnover, there were way too many possessions where, you know, they just... It just wasn't good offense. They just they gave the Clippers life by doing stupid stuff like posting up Boban with Kawhi on him. Like that's nine times out of ten, that's not going to result uh, in a bucket for the Mavs. So,
3: and, and I think to that point, that I think that's really uh, the main component of why we lost. Like those turnovers, especially. Um, You know, I I thought later on Jay Rich played some good defense, but I remember there was a sequence of four straight possessions where Jay Rich, the first and second possession, took two awful three-pointers that, of course, were bricks. He immediately followed that up uh, with a turnover. When Kawhi was guarding him, he tried to drive in, turned it over. And then the very next time, he fouled Paul George on the – inbound pass which I was literally trying to like not to scream because it was just so awful um you know later on he did a bit better not offensively but defensively but you know I think your your initial point of Luca just not being aggressive enough because I I do think Tim can you know certainly help uh Dorian hit a couple shots but we just, we just don't have the players uh, that can, you know, pick up slack. When you look at the team, Kleba, uh, Brunson, it, it was just bad, and it's, uh, it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I get the idea that the Mavs are just, like, desperately hoping that Kleba is just going to magically morph into the guy he was post-COVID or, you know, last season. It's just not going to happen, y'all. I mean, I <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but it's it's just not going to happen. So they need to do something different. I personally don't understand why they don't play uh, KP and Willie together more because that duo defensively in the regular season was really, really good together. Uh, you know, other than, you know, right in the middle of the COVID stretch, you know, they, they weren't really good then, but – Other than that, they work pretty good together. And when they're playing his own defense and you have the length and, you know, KP, I thought he was really active tonight, Uh, you know, not towards the end of the game, but, you know, early in the game, he had had deflections, uh, he had a big block shot, uh, he was dunking the ball. I mean, he just, he seemed like he was into it. And that didn't, you know, uh, sustain throughout the rest of the game, but... I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where I I always thought this series would go the distance. I just didn't think it would be a situation where uh, the home team just would not win a game. And Jack Stevens pointed out in the chat that KP had seven points. I I get that. I know he, he wasn't good offensively. But like I said, at least he was doing something on the defensive end to where he wasn't a complete liability uh, early on in the game. So there were a few. I'm, I'm about to bring up uh, our next guy, Josh here. But uh, before I say that, I, there are two moments that stuck out to me that kind of that kind of you know changed the momentum of the game, and one of them was. At the end of the fourth quarter, two seconds left, Brunson gets fouled. It was a silly foul uh, from Paul George. Brunson misses both free throws, so it would have put the Mavs up six going into the fourth, uh, and they would have had the ball. And then to start the fourth, Brunson drives to the rim and just throws up a, a off. He, he was off on a floater, basically. And then the Clippers uh, came down, and by the time Luca came in, uh, the lead was gone. So <laughs> that that was the first thing. And then another thing was when the Mavs ended up – when they had some momentum, they regained the lead. Uh, there was about seven minutes left, and uh, Rick Carlisle took a timeout, which I I thought was, was kind of dumb. I, they should have just gone with the flow. Uh, you know, they had a good rhythm going. Even Luca was, like, very confused and looking like, why did we just take this timeout? And then – From that point on, it just kind of felt like the Clippers had it. So, uh, it was, like I said, it was very disappointing. But now we move on to game seven. Uh, uh, Go
3: ahead. Real quick, I just wanted to say, because I thought you were going to mention it. This is kind of the last point I had was, uh, you know where we were up seven. I believe it was in the fourth, or maybe it was the third. Um, But he jacked up that three, and then it – you know that it bounced off the rim. They went in transition. We had to take a foul. Um, I thought that was a uh, really kind of key turning point because I think they rattled off like a nine-two run or something to that effect. But I, I thought that was big as well. But um, yeah,
2: yeah. That just like like I said before, and great stuff <laughs> as always, Christian. I appreciate it. Uh, but like I said, there's just there's way too many. Uh, missed opportunities for the Mavs tonight for them to win. Uh, they they just they had it, you know. They could have if if Luca, and it wasn't just at the end of the game for Luca. There were times where he was he was just forcing stuff uh, throughout the game where he could have just you know gone and gotten it himself. But uh, you know the the second day of rest between games is huge for him. Unfortunately, that's not an option. You know the rest of the way. So. Uh, and to make it even worse, the Sunday game seven is a uh, two thirty uh, Central Time start. So <laughs> there, there's there's going to be even less rest uh, going into this game seven. But hey, you have Luca, you have Kawhi. Game seven, win or go home. The Mavs have played amazing at Staples Center. So I mean, who knows, man? I mean it's it, it's going to be very disappointing if they don't win. But uh I mean, as a in general, as a sports fan, you really can't ask for for anything more exciting than this. So, Josh, how's it going, man? Hey,
4: Dol, what's going on, man?
2: Not much. Hey. How you doing after that one?
4: Good. Hey, sorry, sorry about that technical difficulties earlier. Really. Appreciate you bringing me back.
2: Yeah, you did. Um,
4: hey, that was my first Mavs playoff game.
2: Um, ever? Oh, nice. You were there.
4: So, yeah, I was there. So, so positive. Um. Following up, Christian, I feel like it's only appropriate to say that the crowd energy was great. Um, I thought the atmosphere was fantastic from start to finish. I, I feel like there were some real key moments where I could feel the crowd impacting the game, um, especially with the Mavs on defense. Uh, it's, it's a shame that they, they couldn't pull one win in front of this crowd because I feel like the fans deserve it. Um, so that's disappointing. Uh, but, but from a crowd perspective, the AAC brought it. Um, I, I can't think of a, a better environment than what we, what we gave tonight. Um, disappointing side though. I, I've seen Luca have bad games, but I've never thought that he's choked, um, until tonight. Um, and I'm thinking specifically of the moment in the fourth quarter, we were down by five. He puts Batum on his butt and he's wide open at the top of the three point line. And he decides to pass the ball away to KP who was coming. Yeah.
2: That,
4: th- that moment right there felt like Luca choked and, and, like, and I'm not worried because we've seen Dirk struggle with this. I'm not trying to indict Luca. He'll bounce back from this. But um, this is the first time I, I think that the moment felt too big for Luca. And I, that's, um, you know, that's that was my big takeaway. Because if he had drilled that three, it's a two-point game, you know.
1: Um, yeah.
2: And, I mean, look, I, I agree with you as far as, you know, uh, what you've said with the crowd impacting the game. Uh, the AAC has been amazing during uh, in this postseason, uh, but, you know, I, it's just one of those things where it's just hard for them uh, to win at home, and there were, you know, that the crowd energy can only get you so far. You have to actually go out there and, and play well and, <laughs> and secure the win and make it worth it uh, for the fans, but, I mean, I, I could definitely feel the crowd making a difference at some point uh at some points throughout that game it was it's great to have fans back uh just in general because I mean the bubble that just like I tweeted out earlier tonight that just that wasn't it it's so it's so good to have full crowds back and I just wish the Mavs could have you know rewarded you and the other 18,300 people that that came out for this one tonight. You know, it's just—it's yeah. very unfortunate that they've lost all three home games of this series. I know they were bad at home during the regular season, but man, <laughs> at least it's, get one at home.
4: It's not even—it's not even that we lost. It's that the way Luca has performed on the road versus at home. That's—that's that's just baffling to me. Um, but I don't—I don't, I don't want to belabor the point. Um, I, I think we can still win this. Luca in LA has shown that he could be a demigod. So uh, let's get it in seven, and uh, you know, you can bring up somebody else. Let's go Mavs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think great stuff, Josh. Uh, I I think, you know, the winner of this series, it's definitely going to galvanize this team. Uh, You know, whether it's the Clippers or it's the Mavs, you know, it's kind of like I could definitely see the Clippers doing like the Spurs did in 2014 if the Mavs end up, you know, not winning it. I'm going to try not to think that way, but, I could definitely see a situation where the Clippers end up winning in 7 and then they go on to uh to win a title. I mean, I don't they have a lot of demons to overcome to even reach their first conference finals, but uh I just I I, I could see that going in their favor, especially since the Lakers weren't healthy and they got knocked out uh by the Phoenix Suns. So, but great energy Josh, like Christian said in the chat. Uh that that is the the that's the proper mindset to have going into Sunday's Game 7. The only thing I worry about is the super early start, like I said. So not only do you just have one-day difference uh, between tonight's game and Sunday's, but it starts early too. So (laughs) it it may just be – and honestly, I mean, I'm not going to doubt Kawhi Leonard, but I I mean, I don't think he's going to have another, you know, 45-point 70 80 percent shooting game again I could be wrong uh but man it, it was it was disappointing but we're all gonna just have to swallow this pill and go on to Sunday's game seven and hope that we get some legendary stuff from Luca and maybe the Mavs can pull this thing out but uh other, other than that, I mean, I really don't have any, anything else to add to it. I, I want to get a lot of your thoughts, uh, you guys in the chat's thoughts of, you know, what you thought the Mavs could have done better in this one, uh, how you're feeling going into, into Game 7. Um, I really want to get a lot of you guys' thoughts on that. So if anybody, you know, wants to speak, definitely send a, a speaker request and I'll get you up here. I see Austin Lamb. He is here. Austin, what's up, man?
5: Oh, not not much. I I had to compose myself for a, for a little while. Uh but, you know, I think we just move on to the next game. I don't know what my confidence level is. I feel like at times our team can kind of get the attitude of, well, we gave it our best. Like we tried, but you know, they got us. So I hope we can come out and bring the, the energy that we've had in L.A. so far. Um, I think the guys I would be most concerned are like K.P. He's just – not not to just harp on K.P. all the time, but he seems to be just there, if, if that makes sense. And tonight I really liked his energy throughout the game. I, th- I think this was his best energy game tonight, but um, – you know, I just I hope we can kinda string it together, come through for the game. It it feels like Luca's gotta score fifty or or that's pretty much the game plan at this point. Like he's gotta score fifty or or we don't win. So that that's yeah, kinda where I'm at right now.
2: Especially if especially if guys aren't gonna, you know come out shooting well, because it's like I told uh, a couple of guys I was talking to during the game, if Dorian doesn't go, you know, two for nine or whatever, well, not two for nine. He he didn't hit a shot in the first half, and then I think it was Boban that was two for nine because he had a stretch where he was right at the rim (laughs) <laughs> and he just kept trying to tap it in, tap it in, and he missed four in a row. And it was that was uh, brutal. It that was, it was brutal, awful. Man. So, you know, if 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 Boban and Dorian have decent, just decent shooting first halves, then you know uh, it's probably not as hard. It, uh, the The toll on Luca isn't as much as it should be, if they just have a good shooting. Because Tim Hardaway Jr. he came out on fire. Uh, you'd love to get something more from KP, but it's just I, I've give I've completely given up on him after this one. I I had hope going into this one again, and I'm just I'm tired of being hurt by KP. So I, I'm, I, I'm I think
5: done. the guy I'm, uh, the guy I'm most surprised about in this series is is Dorian because I mean obviously on the defensive end he's been himself but it's like he swapped bodies with bubble maxi on the offensive end and it's just been i don't i don't know what what has happened there but it seems like if we could get like 40 percent from three dorian back then we you know which again that leads to the point of we just need that one other guy to step up and i and i think we're a very dangerous team when that happens
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely the focus. Uh, if if the Mavs front office hasn't seen it in this series, and it, it almost kind of worries me that they've taken the Clippers to game seven <laughs> in this series yeah. and had a chance to close them out in six because it's like, okay, was well, the front office watching this and uh, thinking <laughs> thinking that this team is, is okay as is and they're not going to do much during the offseason? I hope that's not the case. Uh, it definitely shouldn't be, but, uh, you know, they definitely have to get Lucas some help. I don't know, even if it's not like a big splashy move, you know, just like I said in the last pod around the edges, uh, just get him some more consistent, uh, offensive players, you know, guys that aren't, they don't even have to be great defenders. You know, I don't want a guy that's a defensive liability, but just somebody, that can give you more consistent offense, and it's not just hot and cold every single game. Uh, yeah, I just—that's yeah. th- the thing about this Mavs team; they live and die by the three, and they're—they're they're either super hot or they can't hit the broadside of a barn. It, there is no in between. Uh, and Dorian, he was incredible in game one, and like you said, I don't know if that just completely drained all his powers or what. <laughs> just uh, he just hasn't been. Yeah. He hasn't been who the Mavs need him to be uh, throughout this series to, to close it out yet. So maybe somebody will step up, you know, somebody will step up big in Game 7 aside from Luka. That's the thing with this team, though. You never know who it's going to be. Uh, more than likely, it could be Tim Hardaway Jr., but maybe Dorian, you know, snaps out of it. Maybe Maxi redeems himself. Uh, anybody but KP. Like I said, I've just, I've given up. Uh, I, if, if he wants to come out and shut me up in Game Seven, then so be it. I, I'm actually rooting for him to do that, but I'm done hoping. Absolutely, it, it, it yeah, is sure. what it is with KP at this point. I've given up.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of like right there with you. I, you know, I emotionally tweeted the other night. I I just want him off the team, which you know maybe that's rash, but it's like you said, it's just even if it's not a superstar just someone that can at least be counted on to score 10 or more every game i think right. that's like that's just all we need it's not even like a huge ask it's just get some guys that can score points and like you said not be a liability and we're like right there i can i feel like we're like right there yeah, and, I mean, look, and, if, they,
6: if they add,
2: if they, I see somebody in the chat here. Uh, let me see. Uh, Richard in the chat said Rashawn Holmes. Like, if, if they can get a guy like that, or like the piece that I uh, that I put on uh, DallasBasketball.com the other day, you know, there's apparently some mutual interest between uh, the Mavs and Miles Turner. Like, Miles Turner is definitely interested in playing for Dallas. I don't know what they would do to, uh, you know to make that trade happen, but you know that's that's what I heard is that Miles Turner, you know, actually wants to play in Dallas. I, I don't know how they get it done, but I mean that's something. Right. You know, uh, I think if you replace Turner with KP, you know, you you have something there. He doesn't, you uh, know, he already knows how to sacrifice. He's not going to get mad if he's not getting his, you know, a bunch of shots, and he can move well defensively, and he has a he leads the league with. Uh, three point four blocks per games, per game. So, uh, I would love to 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 do something like that. But regardless, you know, they have to do something. They have to do something to help Luca this off season because uh, after this off season, uh, it's gonna become harder for the Mavs front office with their roster building. So, but Austin, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for coming on.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
7: If you love listening to us here on The Step Back, what's wrong with stopping you from grabbing your own mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting website would charge you for you just to get an initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about our favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join.
2: All right, next up,
8: return guest, Xavier. Xavier, how you doing, man? Oh, man, that (laughs) sucks. Surprisingly, I know Josh is expecting me to, to come in here and be Negative Nancy, but I'm not. Look, man, before the series, if you told me we would have gotten to a Game 7, I would have thought, you know what, that's that's a win. You know what I'm saying? And let's be frank. We shouldn't have won Game 5, right? We survived Game 5. So, okay, we gave up Game 6. Either way, right, we're we're in Game 7. And look, the fact that we're here means that we're coaching our asses off because we should not be here. The Clippers are a more talented team. I think everyone can agree to that. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? And Look, I, that's not to say that I'm like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. I don't want to win. No, absolutely. f that. I want to win. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, look, you don't have a margin. When 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 the other team is as talented as they are, you have no margin forever. So we have to play a perfect game to win. And, you know, we just have to hope that that's going to happen in game seven. But I heard that some of the players you just named, like Rashawn Holmes and Miles Turner, like, honestly, man, those guys aren't helping Luka. Luka needs help. Luka doesn't need somebody to stay on the perimeter. Luka needs somebody who's going to grab the ball by the horns and go make make a bucket happen. And do, those just aren't the guys. You know what I'm saying? So, man, and Dorian, I want to cut him some slack because man, he's having to defend Kawhi Leonard every possession. Like it's a lot to expect him a hey go guard a top five offensive player and then shoot forty to fifty percent from three too. Like you yeah. know, he's he's just he's just not that guy, and that's okay. That's no disrespect to Dorian. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a good player, but he's just – he's not an elite 3-and-D player, and that's unfortunately what we need, you know, when you're competing against those type of wings. But look, man, one game, winner take all, we have a player, you know, that can erupt for 50, 60 points, a 40-point triple-double. We have somebody like that, so we got to punch his chance. So I'm just looking forward to Sunday. It ain't over. You know well, what I'm saying?
2: yeah, it, it's definitely not over. And look, I, for whatever reason – The Mavs just have this – they just have a different mojo at Staples Center. Uh, So, I mean, they've got that going for them. Uh, They've been playing with house money all series since they won those first two games. Uh, You know, obviously there's pressure on everybody in a game seven. But, man, there's a lot of pressure on the Clippers. I mean, (laughs) this is a team that's been a – a title favorite for two straight years now since they got Kawhi and, and PG. Uh, they they went to the second round last year. They got lucky because of how, you know, Bubble KP was playing. He got hurt, and he's obviously not the same guy now. But they kind of got lucky in the first round last year. Uh, they blew a 3-1 lead in the second round uh, to the Nuggets and to keep them from getting to a conference finals. They've never been to a conference finals in their team's history and now they find themselves in a seven-game first-round fight with the Mavs, and on their home floor. I mean, I just there is going to be so much pressure
8: on the Clippers
2: to get this done. So, I hope and, the Mavs.
8: Go ahead. You know, the fact that has been for you know the difference in the series to me has been like Reggie Jackson. Like they're getting timely buckets out of effing Reggie Jackson. Man, he's like, been incredible. He has, and look. I, I guarantee you if you ask Rick, hey, pick a player that you would bet to beat you that is, look, if they hit shots, you tip your cap, you keep it moving, it would be Reggie Jackson. You know what I'm saying? So look, man, if Reggie Jackson's gonna shoot like that, I mean shit. What I mean, really, what can you do? You know what I'm saying? You're already having to defend Kawhi and PG and now Reggie Jackson is balling out. I mean, Jesus. I mean, yeah, like, the that's-
2: Cavs to win game seven. 'Cause like I said, we know what Luke is capable of, especially when he's playing on the road and he there's just something about Staples Center in Los Angeles that he just his eyes light up. He loves playing there. We know what we're gonna get from him, but who's gonna be the Mavs version of Reggie Jackson in game seven? They have to have somebody come out and have a decent game so he has a, a robin to his Batman. They have to they have to have something like that in game seven if they're gonna win. So we'll we'll see how that goes. X, I wanted to ask you something. You mentioned earlier that, you know, guys like uh Rashawn Holmes and uh Turner, Miles Turner, you know, that's not really what Luca needs. But my counter to that, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and get your thoughts on it. I mean, let's just take Rashawn Holmes for example. There was a play tonight where Luca he could have probably gone for the layup or the easy floater instead of lobbing it up to KP, but he lobbed it up to KP anyway. Uh, it was probably a foul, but KP didn't get it. But my thing is, he doesn't go up and grab it with two hands and flush it. I mean, that, don't you see if don't you see it turning out differently if they had a guy like Holmes uh, in KP's spot in those situations, based on how he's
8: played in his career? But you can find players like that off the scrap heap. I mean, look what Daniel Gafford gave Washington, and he was just a throw-in to make salaries match. Look at what Nerlens Noel was able to give the Knicks, and you know, on a cheap four or five million dollar contract, like you can find players that can rim run and catch an alley oop off the scrap heap. You don't want to commit fifteen to twenty mail for someone that that's what you know that's what they're giving you. It's just they have to be able to do more than just catch an alley oop, um, and those guys just aren't versatile now. Don't get me wrong. Miles Turner had a great year in terms of blocks and all that, but there's a reason why Indiana was willing to with him before the season, and it's because on offense, trust me, he was on my fantasy team the last two years, so I watched a lot <laughs> of it. There was a lot of times where he, you on offense you forgot he was there because he's you're not throwing the ball to Miles Turner and saying, go get me a bucket. Essentially, he'd be doing the same thing that KP is doing now, which is standing on the wing waiting for a pass and shooting a three. And so – Why do we complain? Because Porzingis can't attack the rim or create his own shot. So you want to pay more money for a guy that would do the same thing Porzingis is doing? And Rashawn Holmes ain't that guy. And look, we're just easy to defend if, if our five can't hit from the perimeter. So I like the mouse trying to fit, but I'm not trying to commit significant free agent resources to a big man. And plus, with with the money we're playing Porzingis, if you're allocating 45, 50 million dollars to big men in a league that's wing driven, that's just you you know you're not turning in the right direction. So that would be that would be my you know my apprehension for that. Um, well, see, over.
2: let me – sorry to cut you off there, but just just to expand on the Turner thing, the only reason I would do that is if, you know, you could have if, – if Indiana would somehow take on KP. And, you know, Turner only he, – he only makes $18 million a year, so there would obviously have to be a lot more to that trade uh, than just, you know, KP for, for Turner. But uh, that would be the only – way i would do that I, I wouldn't want to pair the two together so to speak so it just
8: uh, no yeah. it is possible and i'll tell you why what, look we indiana indiana is one of those teams that because they're a small market team they know they're not they're not a free agent destination they're happy to just compete get a four five six seed year and year out make their money not going to the luxury tax and they're happy with that existence right so The only thing that could help is the fact that Porzingis is locked in um, for three years. So they're like, look, yes, it's a risk worth taking. But even, you know, if Indiana had cash space tomorrow, to them, cash space doesn't mean for Indiana what it means for most of the league because no one's signing in Indiana. So maybe they take a chance that KP is able to stay healthy. And now Porzingis would actually be a good player to pair with Sabonis because, theoretically he could protect the rim where Sabonis can't and on offense he wouldn't clog the paint for Sabonis the way Turner did at times so that's actually not as unrealistic as you would think um despite the fact that we don't have draft capital to kind of include in that deal
2: yeah yeah great stuff as always X uh, appreciate you coming on and talking with me uh but uh yeah I mean look I I'm not all in on the on the Turner thing I'm really not all in on on the Holmes thing, either, but uh, you know, I, ideally, you know, if the Mavs could come out and trade for somebody like uh, like Zach Levine or Bradley Beal, you know, get a, a true second option that can get a shot whenever they want, uh, you know, that that would be an ideal situation. But the you know beggars can't be choosers. But anyway, we'll move on from off season stuff here. Uh, Derek, he has been waiting for a while, so I'm going to get him up here. Derek, what's okay. up? Man? Hey, what's up Dalton? How's it going? Ah, well, it, it's been better, but uh like our guy Christian said to lead off, you know, it's not really not really mad or anything, just just disappointed with how it went. But I mean, what what was your takeaway from that one?
9: Uh, I feel you. Uh first, let me thank you for putting this platform up, man. It's uh I appreciate um, just uh being able to come to a place to vent you know <laughs> all <Yeah>. these uh <laughs> losses wins either way it's here it's good to hear other fans um, coming to one place and being able to hear uh other uh other people's uh, opinions and whatnot but um yeah gosh i just uh luca man i'll tell you what in these uh wins and losses he is totally a different person it's it, to me and these you know like tonight it seemed a lot similar to game three and four um just with his aggressiveness like you kind of talked about earlier um he just uh he plays a different way like whenever they go when whenever they're able to win and whatnot um and um you're just kind of able to tell like tonight um, you know, like you talked about earlier, he just, he's so passive uh, <laughs> like tonight. It just, you look in uh, are <laughs> whenever he's making plays, you're, you're just, you're, you're like, ah, why, why are you not being more aggressive in these situations? And, uh, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it it's one of those things where just in, well, uh, I
2: mean, look, it, Luca. It's like somebody just pointed out in the chat. Uh, you know, he he's tired. He's tired. He he's had a, a uh, workload this entire series. Uh, you know, he 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 really he's gotten help throughout this series, and that's been a big reason why the Mavs have have been able to win. Uh, you know, three games so far, and force this this Clippers team to a game seven, but. I mean, he just – he needs some more help. His usage rate is through the roof. Uh, yeah. By the time he gets to the fourth quarter, he just doesn't have a lot of gas left. Now, that said, you know, he's still <laughs> – he like you said, he showed late that he, he can still muscle his way to the basket and get an easy bucket. And, you know, we're thinking, man, where was that earlier? <laughs> so I, you
3: know, I, oh.
2: I, I think the way this game ended – Luca, he kind of, he's kind of like Carlisle. He, 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 makes adjustments for himself from game to game. And I, I think he'll come out in game seven with more of a, more of a killer mindset. At least that's my expectation for him based on what we've seen in the past when he has games where he feels like he let the team down. So, uh, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's a winner take all. Anything can happen, uh, Obviously, we would have all liked for the Mavs to finish this off in six and be playing the Utah Jazz on Sunday, but, you know, it Oof. is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, I think overall, just as a basketball fan, people are, are going to be generally excited for this game seven on Sunday.
9: You know, it, I've seen it a lot in the chat, you know, like, what are we going to do with KP after the season? You know, like, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, we kind of blew, you know, whatever we had to get him here. And we just took a chance. And um, it, especially because he didn't even play really after we traded for him. We just like said, hey, yeah. we it traded really for you. Too. We're going to give you this contract. And, you know, it, after an injury and hopefully it works out. And it just uh, – it's one of those well, things that
2: – Well, uh, hopefully- they, can't, they can't help that, you know, KP has gone through uh, the injury stuff that he has. I mean, that was a risk that they took when they made the trade. Uh, and, uh, and I appreciate it, Derek. Very glad uh, you got to come on and talk with us tonight. But, uh, you know, that, that was a, a risk they took. It was a necessary risk. I mean, the, the potential was obviously there. Uh, we saw it with how KP played last year, especially uh, when they got to the bubble. And then the meniscus thing was just brutal. Uh, he just he hasn't looked right defensively since then. He's had his moments. And then, you know, in the playoffs against the Clippers, I mean, man, for a guy that averaged nearly 20 and 10 during the regular season to be putting up six, seven points a night, uh, you know that's just as your perceived co-star. That's just that's awful. Um, uh, and Zach uh, in the chat here he mentions that KP only got seven shots. But I mean, look what what are you gonna do <laughs> when when it's like in the last game when they were trying to force feed him, uh and he was on Rondo and that, I mean that's a, that should be a, a mismatch every single time. He should be able to take advantage of that and score every single time it happens, but he ends up getting stripped. Uh, You know, he he turns around and takes these shots that are tough, heavily contested. Uh, I mean, it's just – he just – it's like he just forgets how to to play basketball when he has a smaller guy on him. I don't – I don't understand what the deal is. But anyway, I'm going to try not to harp too much on KP – uh, for the rest of this one but anyway all right our next guest up here uh discombob mffl how are
6: you good how are you man
2: um i'm doing pretty good it's uh it's friday night and you know i don't have to go to work <laughs> tomorrow so i figured you know what we'll just come on here and vent for a little a
6: little while yeah, i feel that i'm in i'm doing summer class right now and i feel out but uh i didn't really want to i wanted to talk about the turnovers i feel like we just kept on passing the ball to Boban and letting him just post up and I don't really understand all that I mean do you agree on that yeah yeah I I, I agree yeah and Maxi, I was saying in the chat earlier I mean obviously he hasn't been the same but it feels like in the playoffs I mean he just isn't good I mean I know he's you know been injured with COVID and you know his Achilles and all that but I mean we just got to get more out of him, and I feel like at home under pressure they kind of honestly folded. And you know it sucks saying that, but I mean I feel like they're better with the cardboard there's just, cutouts. There's just
2: too too much hesitation from right. from the guys from Luca's secondary guys. You know, there there were a lot of times tonight where Maxie and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he'd make them even if he took them, but. There are there's a lot of times where Dorian or Maxi or uh, you know somewhat Brunson you know they have an open shot and they end up you know pump faking and dribbling into a worse shot and they end up getting blocked or they just miss and it's just like a wasted possession. So
6: yeah, there were so many. I mean, I feel like this was. Pr- I mean, to me, game three was very disappointing, but this was the most disappointing because we had so many chances to go up. 10, 11, 12, but it seemed like every time we got up like 7 or 8 or 5, I mean, they just let Kawhi Leonard, you know, take over, but I mean, you can't really do anything about that, but I mean, the easy buckets and stuff, I mean, Reggie Jackson going off, I mean, it just hurts. So,
2: yeah, there there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of momentum changes in this game. Uh, you know, the Mavs they were up 7 at one point earlier in the game, and it felt like they were on the verge of really making a run. And, oh, yeah. uh, And they had a jump ball between uh, Willie colley Stein and and I think it was maybe PG, and uh, you'd think Kawhi Willie running, but but he did not. And it went right to Kawhi, and he hit a three instantly off of the, off yeah, the that, off that
6: ball. Yeah, that changed the whole momentum. Sorry to kick yeah. off. And then, and then, you know, it,
2: like I mentioned earlier, you – There was momentum swings back and forth, obviously, but, you know, the missed free throws by Brunson at the end of the third paired with that first shot he took.
6: Yeah, I mean.
2: Fourth before, you know, while Luca was on the bench. that, That was a huge one for me, too.
6: And, you know, that's the pressure thing again, too. You know, Brunson's been, I think he was like 90 or 89 or something like that from the line, and he just, I mean, under that pressure, missing, too. And, you know, again, you go up six instead of, Four and who knows, maybe you know, in that bad shot, like you said at the beginning of the fourth. I mean, that it's just stuff like that that's really frustrating. But all you can do is, you know, hope they play good in game seven. And you know, Luca probably needs to shoot 35 shots again. Yeah,
2: I agree. And hey, I appreciate you coming on and and talking with me for a little bit. Uh, But you know, we know what we're going to get from Luca, I have no doubt, uh, even though he had a a bad game, in my opinion. Even though he ended up with a pretty good stat line, just overall, uh, he was just too passive. And I don't think we're going to get that in uh, in Game Seven. I think he's going to come out firing. Uh, hopefully, he gets as much as much rest as as humanly possible in a in a day and a half. <laughs> but I mean, I if Luca is healthy and he's on the court. The Mavs have a puncher's chance against anybody on any given night, and I've said this forever, uh, and it, it it it's no different in a Game 7. Now, overall, the Clippers have far more experience than this Mavs team. Uh, I could definitely see where the Mavs don't win Game 7, uh, even though the road team has won every game this series. But, you know, like I said, there's just a mountain of pressure on the Clippers. There, there's so much pressure on them to get this done because all the expectations, you know, they punked the same Mavs team last year in the playoffs and uh, the Mavs have had revenge on their mind. And, you know, I think they, you know, they tanked the, at the end of the season to get the Mavs and now look, here they are going into a game seven <laughs> winner take all when, uh, you know, they could have, uh, they ducked the Lakers and then look what happened to the Lakers. So, uh, I don't. I don't think this is what is this is what the Clippers expected at all, and I hope it. I hope it turns out well for the Mavs. It'd be a great morale boost. It'd be a great you know growth experience for this team if they could uh, get their revenge and close this thing out in seven. But we'll see how it goes. All right. Let me look at my. Well, it said I had a speaker request, but it went away. Okay. Well, we've been going for about forty-eight minutes now. So unless somebody just pops up here in the next few seconds. We're going to close this thing out. Um, Let me see. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all joining the vent session, y'all. Be sure to go over to my buddy Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball. He does his group therapy session over there, and it's always really good stuff. Uh, If you guys listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast on Apple Podcasts, be sure to go and uh, subscribe there and give us a rating, a review, because, and uh, include your Twitter at when you do that because we are giving away uh, T-shirts. If you go to at Step Back Mavs on Twitter, uh, you'll see the picture of the shirts we're giving away. They're comfort colors. They're super comfy, uh, really high quality. Uh, but for your chance to, to win one of those, and we've been giving out a ton of them, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. And just remember to include your Twitter at because that's how we'll be able to find you and you know let you know that, that we're sending you a t-shirt. So, guys, appreciate it as always. Hopefully when we come on either either Sunday afternoon, evening, or whether it's Monday around noon, we're, we're going to do a, a Game 7 uh, post-game pod. Just not exactly sure when we're going to do it, but Hopefully, it is a it is an upbeat one. It's a more exciting one than, than what we had to do tonight. But, guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time.
1: Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.